and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi everyone and welcome to Flying Changes show. I am thrilled today to welcome Natalie Alexander of NMA Fitness. Hi Natalie. Hi, how are you? Yep, good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. Um, tell us a little bit about your business, NMA Fitness. What's that all about? Um, so it's a coaching business for Christians, solely Christians. Um, I'm working with riders to try and help them improve their riding performance through a weight loss and body conditioning program. Uh, so we cover all bases from nutrition, training, right through to mindset. So it's like a complete package. Um, just trying trying to get riders to get the best out of their partnership and actually enjoy their riding without being nervous, anxious, or worried about what other people are thinking about them. Wow, sounds amazing. It sounds like something every rider probably needs at some <laughs> point in their life, for sure. So um, tell us a little bit then about how it is that you got into that. What's your story? So the journey into my fitness world actually started with a spinal injury. So I used to be an event groomer. I was a head groomer, um, an event rider, obviously an international event rider. Um, we was at a competition one day. I was studying up and this um, slightly highly strong mare, shall we say, um, spun around as I was doing a high and started to set me flying. And it put out the lower three discs in my back. Um, and that was obviously extremely painful. Anyone that's had a spinal injury will know how painful that is. Uh, and the road to recovery meant lots of physio and lots of strength building, which went on for over a year. So I didn't get back on a horse. I didn't touch a horse's foot. I didn't go near a horse for a year. Um, and spent all that time in the gym, sort of physio, strength building. And then when I was sort of cured, as you'd say, when I did get back on the horse, I was amazed at how much my riding had improved, which seems a bit daft considering I hadn't sat on a horse for 12 months. But because I'd worked on myself, I was stronger, I had better position. And my mindset had changed as well with all the all the work I'd been putting into myself. When I got back on the horse, I was just amazed at how much my riding had improved. So then that was kind of my light bulb moment. And then since then, I've not stopped working on myself, whether that's mindset on the training or nutrition. And I just kind of want to get that through to other riders. Like we spend, typically we spend a lot of time when we're having a problem, we go to an instructor or we try and buy a new tack, but we never work on ourselves. And that's where it all comes from. We are 50% of this partnership. So we kind of need to start looking at laughter ourselves a little bit more and um so that's kind of where my journey started with my, my spinal injury um which led to fitness training which led to this light bulb moment which is what i kind of want to share with other riders amazing and i completely agree with you on the uh people spend a lot of time on tack kit the latest thing the the newest product more training but actually um you end up training the same skills that you've already got in a way. If someone's not coming in and changing that movement pattern or that brain pattern and, or, you know, that way that you're compensating for something, you're just going to keep training that in if you keep going to train, aren't you? Unless they happen to change that. But that's not their realm of expertise, is it? So I'm completely with you on that one. And what have been some of the challenges that you've faced yourself, maybe in your riding and, and, and growing your business and developing your business along the way? So I was kind of, um, as my, with my riding, I used to 
before Spinal Injury, I thought I was quite a good rider. Um, and then it's not until you look back at the pictures afterwards and you're like, oh, God, my riding was pretty shocking and my position, what was I doing? But it was a um, confidence thing for me, my mind, my mindset. Um, when you start working on yourself, it's amazing how once you become a little bit more confident in yourself on the ground in day-to-day -day life, how much that comes through when you get on the horse. Um, so I'd say that was a massive, massive thing. Um, you have to kind of feel good about yourself for you to actually ride really, really well, I think. Um, so confidence, self-belief is a big thing. And that also comes through in the business. Um, you know, everyone gets tough times in the business. And I kind of sometimes question myself, like, oh, can I do this? Should I be doing this? Uh, and then you get like a breakthrough and some one of the clients comes to you and said, oh, I've had amazing results. I had a really good lesson. Thanks so much. And you're like, yeah, actually, I am doing good. I'm just going to stick to it. It's worth it. Even if it just helps a few riders make that little breakthrough, it's definitely worth it. So biggest challenges, I think, is self-belief and um, mindset, which, yeah, you can obviously fix through going to a mindset coach. But you have to look, you have not look, sorry, you have to feel good in yourself for that for you to believe that I think that's so true I have so many riders that um, we work on their mindset we get them more confident we get them performing better we get them happier but actually ultimately if they're not happy in their self and their body or they've got physical issues that they're finding it hard to overcome um, that's actually really quite hard because you know the 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 idea about mindset is about belief isn't it and the proof is that if you if you're trying to do something with your body and it won't respond the way you want it to then you're backing up that belief that you can't do it and Absolutely. i completely agree yeah the number of people that um want to look better on a horse for instance and they're, they're talking about body image really is what they're talking about it does make such a big difference to how you feel when you're riding I mean I know I've been through um, huge weight loss programs and, and you know fitness programs all these kind of things and the day that I bought my beautiful jacket that fitted me really nicely and I put it on I rode my best that day um, because I looked in the mirror when I was warming up on my horse and I thought yeah look at that that's that's good and, and rode better um, so it, it really does make a difference, isn't it? This this idea of looking good and feeling good do do add to your performance. What's been your experience of that? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a similar sort of thing. Um, so I've always, since being a kid, all I've watched you as an event, and I'd go to these events and look at these riders and like, oh, they've got that jacket on, maybe I need that to look the part, or they've got that saddle or that martingale, maybe I need that to look the part. Um, so I go buy it, spend hundreds of pounds as we do, trying to look the part and just something was always missing. And again, it comes down to your self-belief. If you feel confident, you're going to act confident and it's going to shine through you. But also I was just wasn't I wasn't at that level. Obviously, I was an amateur. I was trying to be that professional rider and without realising how much work they put into themselves their fitness that's why they're all sat up tall and have really good seat and really good core and their hands are independent it's not because they've got a really expensive jacket on it's because a they ride a lot of horses b they've been doing it many years but the main reason is they take it so seriously that they really work on themselves so some of them yeah they ride 10 horses a day but they go home and then spend an hour in the gym as well just to make sure they are that fine-tuned athlete that that we see that we all kind of aspire to be um so i think that was the biggest thing i fell into that trap as well going oh i think i need that new jacket that's going to make me look the part that's going to make me yeah really feel the part but you have a jacket will make you feel good when you put it on but you still have to have that little bit of confidence as well um 
and see that it's not just the jacket that's making them look good. It is because they spend a lot of time getting to that level. Okay, I'm not saying that if you're an amateur rider, you're never going to look the part, but just take a little bit of time to concentrate on yourself because if they're doing it at that level and they're still spending time in the gym on themselves, why aren't you doing it? Um, so yeah. I think that was that was the biggest thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was having a lesson the other day and my instructor turned around and she said, do you know what the difference between an amateur rider and a professional rider is? And I went, yeah, I can tell you lots of differences why. And she said, no, no, I mean physically. And I said, well, obviously amateur riders aren't as physically capable because they're not doing it all the time, not because they're not capable, but they're not. She said, no, do you know the difference? I was reading an article and it said um, amateur riders use um, their... Uh, I don't know which muscles it is, but the non-core muscles, so that so they can hold and pull and do and things like that. But a but a pro rider naturally just uses their core because if they're riding ten horses a day, they'd be knackered if they actually use <laughs> the the what's it the fast twitch muscles or which I don't know which it is, but basically the non-core muscles. So the 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 pro riders have got incredible cores because they have to because that's the part of them they really really need to use. And I thought that was really interesting. This sort of actual physical difference as well between the type and the amount of training and how we can't, we cannot compare ourselves, but we can help ourselves towards that sort of thing. And is that the kind of thing that you work with a lot? Yeah, absolutely. So because I only work with riders now, um, specialising riders, all of the training is around getting, just improving the riding, okay? Um, uh, it's all the exercises around the muscles that we need to focus on that will help us improve in the saddle. It's not, there's no point me telling uh, the riders to go do loads of bicep curls because we don't really use our biceps, do we? It's all about the core, the seat, your glutes, everything that just improves the riding. So it's um, purely focused on improving riding performance through targeting the muscles we need. Because also, riders don't tend to have a lot of spare time. Like if we're working full time, we've got horses to do, we've got family, you don't have time to do. Uh, really long workouts so the workouts you do have to be really focused on the muscles we need to improve otherwise you're just wasting your time um so yeah a lot of the work all of the work is done on improving their muscles that we need there's no point as i said doing bicep curls because we don't need them <laughs> awesome okay so i want to know i'm always interested in you know the learning that people have had along the way and and how they've changed that and obviously you've got this great mindset about you learn and you move on from it so what has been your biggest learning that you've actually changed into your greatest asset on your your in your in your business and in your time doing what you do um i think it probably has been that's probably been this year that i've realized this and been really working on it is you can't control there's a lot of things in life that happen that you can't control but you can control how you react to it um and then if you get all flustered and start reacting emotionally um that's when things go wrong whether that's in business in diet just in life in general so it's that's kind of what i teach to riders as well if they have a bad day in their diet um don't react to it emotionally you can control it so next week learn from it move on so it's just about learning from mistakes and controlling how you react to them rather than focusing on the things you can't control so if you're getting a warm-up ring and there's someone's horses being wild and upsetting yours you can't control that but what you can, can control is how you react to it and that is the same for everything in life i think so just managing how i control my emotions i think um, is a big, big thing. So I'm not wasting my energy getting caught up on things that I can't make a difference about. 
there's no point worrying about things. I think I saw a quote somewhere the other day actually it said if you if it's not going to affect you in five years, don't waste five minutes worrying about it. Um, so I think that is uh, moving on and not being emotional. <laughs> That is such a great quote. And obviously, we've all had a somewhat turbulent year. Um, and what have you what have you discovered from this last year? What have you learned? And how have you turned that around then to be a success? Uh, so I think I think this year obviously has been horrendous for some people, but also it's made people kind of wake up and realise their priorities and what's really important in life. It's health, the loved ones, um, doing doing things that make you happy rather than focusing on other things. So for me, a lot of people have said, oh, it's lockdown, I can't be bothered. But the ones that have stepped up and used this time, uh, used a time where they have been sat at home to improve themselves has been massive. Like the riders that have done that are the ones that are really, really dedicated. Um, so I think the lockdown has kind of taught me, again, what's important in life. It really does boil down to a few simple things, your health, your loved ones, and doing what makes you happy. And obviously what I'm doing, I like to I like to teach what I preach. Um, so I, I look after myself, so my health's up there. Uh, spending time with loved ones, that has been taken away from us, but we can FaceTime, thank God, for Zoom. Um, so making sure I connect with people like that, but also just doing what makes me happy. And I've really realised that seeing riders come on and grow from the work that I'm teaching them really really makes me happy which has made me kind of what of which makes you, makes you push through the hard days I think awesome yeah definitely I think that time to reassess sometimes has been great and I totally agree with you the ones I think that are going to come out of this the other side are the ones that have somehow committed to it in another way um certainly I know for the eight weeks that I wasn't able to even go and see my horse I went into fitness mode like crazy because I thought, well, if I can't ride, I'm going to have to somehow do this now. And we never envisaged this going on for this long. And obviously I could then see him after eight weeks. But, you know, I think a lot of people, it's focusing what you can do rather than what you can't, isn't it? It's focusing on, okay, so you can't do that. And that's horrid and that's shit. And, that you know, you can have a tantrum about it and that's, you know, fine, perfectly all right to do that. And then what? You know, are you going to stay stuck in that or are you going to move forward? That's so, it. it's an opportunity, isn't it? That's exactly it. And people say, oh, you know, I'm a pessimist or I'm an optimist, but it's not. It's not about who you are and, and whether you look at things that way. It's just the way you decide to make the choice and make the decision to think. Um, you, it's not who you are. There is no such thing as a pessimist or an optimist. There are people that, that view things in different ways. So I would like to know, I love this question, what's an assumption that's commonly made about you or what you do and why is that not the case? Um, so I think the biggest one is that my work's just about weight loss. Um, it's definitely not. Okay, weight loss is a big part of it, but it's almost a byproduct of what we're doing. Um, I sometimes get people message me like, oh, I just want to lose a few pounds. And I'm like, but really, why do you want to lose them a few pounds? There's always a reason why. And the reason why is it always a little bit deeper when you start digging into it. So, yeah, biggest assumption is that the work I do is purely weight loss. And that, as I said, it's just a byproduct of it. Uh, there's so much that goes into my coaching, uh, as I said, with training, nutrition, the mindset, but it's all about creating lifestyle changes. Um, so I like to teach my clients how to manage their nutrition and their training and everything going forward so that once they finish working with me, they can do it on their own. They're set for life. They have the building blocks they need. So 
whether a holiday pops up, a wedding pops up, or even, God forbid, another pandemic pops up. They know how to handle it. So they're set for life. Um, when clients, some people come to me and say, oh, like I said before, can I just, I just want to lose a few pounds. If there's no real reason why, I kind of say I can't help you because that's more for Slim Fast, Slimming World, Weight Watchers, whatever it may be. This is more of a, a lifestyle change. It's completely lifestyle, life-changing results we get. So if you're just looking to lose a few pounds, yeah, that's that's not what we do. Um, we are about changing lives, lives for good. So improving your health, getting rid of aches and pains. I think the biggest, um, the best result I've had this year was a rider came to me um she's been riding for a long long time i think she's about 10 years but for the last two years all she's done is walk because she had such bad back pain um she couldn't trot she couldn't canter she couldn't do anything so we worked on that uh and after 12 weeks she was cantering again and then she messaged me um just a few months ago saying that i've 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 been to my first competition i've been to my first training um it was before it was before Christmas before we all got shut down. So yeah, a few months ago. Uh, so she's gone from just walking on the horse, not being able to do anything else because it hurts so much, to going back out to riding clubs. Yeah, it's low level stuff, but she's back out there. She never thought she'd be able to do it again. So um, yeah, to just nip that assumption that this is a weight loss program in the bud, it's definitely not. We do so much more than that. Uh, it's about changing lives for good. Amazing. And you're clearly really passionate about it. So what is it that fuels that passion for you? Um, I think it's because the changes I made in myself, I really, really want other riders to make that breakthrough. Like um, stop wasting money on lessons for now and fancy tack for now. Yeah, you can come back to them. You do need them. I'm not saying you don't have to have lessons, but work on yourself first because you are capped at your abilities and your abilities are capped at your body's capabilities. So if you're in a lesson and someone's the instructor shouting at you add more legs sit up stop wobbling around whatever it may be and you you're trying your best but you just can't do it you might as well stop paying him to shout at you because you can't implement what he's telling you go away work on yourself and then come back to it that's what i did i was i was spending hundreds on lessons as well um so I, that's one reason i want people to make that breakthrough that Work on yourselves and your riding will improve. You don't need to waste hundreds on lessons at the moment. Save that for in the future. And also, because it's health, like your health this year, if you're, um, if this year hasn't made you realise that health is so important, nothing will. But it's not just about weight loss and looking good in the mirror. It is about long-term health. Like, we want to be here as long as possible, don't we? And riding our horses as long as possible, like... Um, there was an article popped off about the 89-year-old woman that still rides out racehorses. I want to be that woman. I want my I want my clients to be that, that woman. Um, so long-term health and just also going back to the weight loss thing, in the social media and stuff, there's all these crazy diets that are just horrible. Like you don't need to eat 600 calories a day. You're not a three-year-old child. Um, you don't need to put yourself through that suffering. You can lose weight keep progress while still having the old glass of wine or the pizza you don't have to sort of punish yourselves with food there's no need for it so I want to kind of enlighten people and teach people about nutrition so they don't have to turn to these crazy diets like we're we're riders we're putting we put a lot of effort and a lot of work into our horses and you can't do that while you're trying to starve yourself on 600 calorie diets or 
fasting for how many however many hours there's, there's no need for it you don't have to do it so um yeah health teaching people about nutrition and just trying to get that breakthrough are kind of my biggest drivers they sound pretty big to me they're incredible and i totally <laughs> agree with you there is nothing better than having helped people to discover something that makes them really, really happy. And, you know, like you, like me, we work with predominantly what I call the professional amateurs, which are the people who aren't professional riders necessarily, I might work with a few of them, but um, who actually want to put everything into enjoying this hobby that they work really hard to pay for to be able to go and do. And, you know, I think people are now becoming much better at realizing like you said it's 50 percent of the partnership it is about the whole story you can't you can't perform at your best unless your mind your body and your horse are all working together the right way and even then there's your horse's body and your horse's mind as well so it's a complicated <laughs> puzzle isn't it that we've got to look at all of it to work out where we need to be Absolutely. so you've obviously been on an incredible journey to get to where you are now to do what you're doing to have gotten to the point where you're at um, from just being looking at equestrians and things like that and really niching in. Who have been people that have really inspired you along that journey? Um, so I would say, obviously that lady that I just mentioned, that was that would happen quite early on because I used to just be a personal trainer alongside being a groom and working with kind of, I call them average people. <laughs> I really shouldn't call them average people, but you know, people who work nine to five jobs and don't have horses. Before, then once I niched in on equestrians, this lady come up quite early on um, and she was a real inspiration for me because it's just changing people's lives. So the, cli the clients, are, my clients are my inspiration, basically. Um, they're the ones that kind of make me get out of bed and film videos when it's minus six outside and push on for them. It's just my clients, really. Um, I do have sort of business coaches that keep me going in my business side of things and the marketing because that's a complete different ball game. And they're my inspiration for that. But really, my clients are the ones that keep keep me pushing on. Awesome, that's incredible. That's and you were talking about crazy fads and silly, funny diets and all these things that that you know everyone's had a go at them, but they're just not sustainable. What's the craziest story you've come across, or the craziest thing that you've come across in your time? um from either clients or from other people or that you've just gone God, that is madness what what is going on I, I think it was the the lady that came to me and was like oh my my last coach gave me 600 calories and I thought hang on I eat 600 calories in one meal what's wrong with this person and that's she's paid someone to tell her to eat 600 calories that is madness this person should have qualifications, should have a certification. She should not be telling you to do that. And she was making a get up at 12 o'clock in the morning to drink iced lemon water. What's wrong with people? You don't do that. You'd be on the toilet all night. Um, so, yeah, she put on 600 calories and she had to set her alarm at 12 o'clock in the morning to drink up, uh, to wake up and drink iced lemon water because apparently it's really good for your metabolism. Mm. Well, wow, I don't Each want to do metabolism at that time of night. Thanks. It would be quite handy if you got to get up super early to go out competing or something, perhaps. But yeah, that's madness. I like oh, my yeah. sleep too much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, actually, there's a good point. How important then is sleep and things and rest and things like that in all of this? Well, because we're in these busy environments. You know, we're working hard to pay for the horses. People are going like commuting, or maybe not so much now, but they probably will be getting back to that maybe at some point. And they're getting up early maybe to do the horses and then they're getting home late and they're doing all these things. Um, how important is rest as a part of the program? 
Uh, super, super important. So I do a, f- a five day free challenge and I kind of talk a little bit about sleep in there and people that don't really understand properly are a bit like, oh, it's just sleep. It's kind of a, we sleep when we're dead kind of one of the comments I got back and I thought, well, yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. But if you've got, kind of, if you want to live your life to the fullest while you're here, you need to rest up. So it's obviously with us being physically, uh, physically active as well as much as we are, you need to rest because your body does need chance to recover, especially if you're riding X amount of horses and carting heavy wheelbarrows around. Like you, you are breaking down muscle cells, and they need chance to recover. Um, so you need to be getting at least seven to nine hours sleep. And if you're not, that is going to have a knock-on effect on your weight, on your mood, on your mindset, on your training, on everything. Like do not underestimate sleep and rest. Um, hydration, sleep are the biggest things that everyone overlooks. Um, the kind of look for the next best thing, which is usually a fad diet, and just without realizing that actually drink three liters of water, get seven to nine hours sleep, that alone will make a massive difference. Your body needs to recover. Um, you need to keep hydrated. If you're, uh, if you're, this is a good example I always use. If you're trotting down the center line and you've had an early dressage test, say it's eight o'clock, and you get halfway down, you go, oh god. Do I go left or do I go right? You have that brain fog moment. Now, obviously, that could be to pressure and stress from getting there and stuff as well. But if all you've had that morning is one cup of coffee, you're dehydrated. Quite simple as that. Your brain is 60% water. So if you don't hydrate it and it's dehydrated, it's not going to work properly. So super, super important competition mornings. If you have that brain fog or in your show jumping around and you can't remember where the next fence is, yeah, you need to be drinking water because the chances are you're dehydrated and your brain just isn't working properly. Um, and obviously that has effect on sleep as well. If you're deep sleep deprived, um, it's going to affect your metabolism. It's going to make you groggy. It's going to make you forgetful because you, your brain's exhausted. And also um, your your nutrition, your, your weight, it's going to make you crave uh the sort of I don't like to call foods good and bad food, but it's going to make you crave the more calorific foods. So don't deprive sleep or water. It's super, super important. Your body needs it. It's, it, it's the basics that everyone overlooks. Yeah, I've definitely had those moments of the early dressage test where I've been gotten <laughs> things and I've gone to go down the centre line and gone, right. I can't breathe. There's no, there's no liquid in my mouth. How am I going to get around this test when actually... <laughs> I can't even swallow. And that wasn't yeah. nerves. It's just like you said, it's dehydration. Um, one of the things people do find hard, though, I think many people might have forgotten this, but they'll soon start realising it again when they get back out competing, is a lot of people, including myself, we can't really eat before we compete. Like, it's not a nice feeling and what have you. Um, so we might rely on um, certain things to help us out that we can stomach in the morning or we can do. What kind of what kind of things do you have as tips for people or ways of, of getting some nutrition and maybe some hydration in before you go out and compete when actually you don't it's the last thing you want sometimes? Yeah, sure. I, I get that. And if I'm eventing, I don't really want a big breakfast either when a big carby protein breakfast would be what you'd if you was an athlete that wasn't going to get on a horse, that's what you'd be going for. Um, so when it comes to that, I don't often turn to supplements. But when it comes to that, I would probably say a protein shake because it's light. It's easy to drink. You can drink it if you're running around trying to plat up or anything like that. But it's not too heavy on your stomach. So you can 
obviously still ride without getting that that sicky feeling but it's got everything you need you need a good carb source because carbs your fuel and carbs also brain fuel that your body your brains can't properly use protein and fat for fuel it needs carbs which is why i think keto is such a really bad diet um but anyway going off track there uh, I would turn to a, a good shake, one that's not loaded with sugar, because then you're going to get that sugar high and then that big drop probably right when you need that high. Um, so protein shake and turn for a whey one because a whey isn't a supplement. It's a byproduct of uh, I think it's cheese making. Um, so it's a bit kinder on the stomach and it's not as artificial. So I would turn to a protein shake if you can't stomach food before you get on and then take a pat lunch with you anything to avoid that chippy van um i'm not saying you can't eat cheesy chips but on a competition day your body needs proper fuel like your horse does um you wouldn't give your horse i don't, I don't really know example for a horse you wouldn't give him something different on um competition day would you so you need to make sure your body has the fuel it needs to see you through effectively so you're not um struggling for energy you're not feeling really lethargic from the grease from a cheesy chip so protein shake in the morning with fruit if you can manage fruit uh, even some electrolyte water would be really really good um and then take a, a packed lunch review to take some carb sauce like a uh, wholemeal pasta or rice and some protein sauce in there and just loads of veggies you can eat it cold make it the night before put it in a little tupperware box and it's perfect um just to keep you away from that that chip van <laughs> Oh, that's good to know because actually I love my protein shakes in the morning, and I was thinking, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try those before I compete because I only really started sort of doing this sort of thing last year. Yeah, and um, that's really good to know then that actually they are good because I was like, oh, I don't know, they, I should think they are because I used to use them before I went to the gym and stuff. But still, yeah. you know, they want to sit and heavy. And um, oh, the cheesy chips though, they are my little <laughs> reward at the end of the day. They're not they're not my whilst I'm still competing, but you know, if there are some. They're my little well. You you've worked hard for these. They're little treat. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think not great okay. <laughs> So, what are then some of the challenges that the the usual ones that you come across? Because when we've been doing this a long time, we we um, eventually everything's it's kind of like pretty standard stuff. You come across an occasional unusual thing, don't you? But you you kind of you kind of go, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, seen that before. Yeah, lots of times. What are the the main challenges you find that people come across when they're trying to get fitter, healthier, maybe lose a bit of weight, become a stronger, better rider? What what sort of things are the normal ones? Um, so I think the biggest one is self sabotage. Like it's kind of in society is kind of ingrained in us that at the weekend we kind of everything goes out the window and we go off plan. I don't really know why. Um, I kind of get it because it's the weekend, you want to relax. But if you include foods that you like in your, in your, um, in throughout the week, you don't have that need for the big binge at the weekend. So self-sabotage is a big one. Uh, people work really hard through the week. It comes to the weekend. And just because society says so, we have to give up and everything goes out the window at the weekend. Um, and it's the same with the training people work really really hard for the week and then it gets to the weekend and it kind of all slips now with the training it's not as bad obviously if you miss two days it's not the end of the world um but it comes down to the mindset side of it as well self-sabotage when you're going for your first competition and that little voice inside your head telling you you're not good enough you don't deserve to be here self-sabotage is like the 
biggest biggest problem we face and that's what we work on that's a big part of it we try and nip that in the bud nice and early um because that is that's what's going to knock you off track basically um, so there's lots of ways we manage that because it does pop up in training nutrition and then when we put everything to test when we go out to competitions it always pops up so we do have a mindset coach um in the in the in the training that comes in every week uh, every month sorry to work on that because as i said that is the biggest biggest problem self-sabotage one way around with our nutrition is nothing is off limits so it's not like a cheap meal you don't have to have the binge at the weekend because if you fancy a glass of wine on a monday night you can have a glass of wine on a monday night if you fancy a takeaway on a tuesday oh going wild you can have a takeaway on a tuesday you don't have to wait to the weekend and then completely throw a thing out the window it doesn't have to work like that awesome and so i hear people talking about self-sabotage all the time obviously in, in what i do um yeah. And, you know, they always say, oh, well, I kind of get towards where I want to go and then and then I sabotage, I don't do it. And I think the interesting thing about self-sabotage is then you have to start thinking about whether you really wanted that goal and, and how do you work on kind of setting the goals for people, especially if they'll come to you and they might say, you know, I want to get, I want to get fitter um, for riding my horse or I've got a competition coming up, I want a bit more maybe stamina or strength or whatever it is. How do you actually start really defining those goals with them so that you can make sure that they're actually going to achieve them for the right reasons? Yeah, sure. So I think that's where your reason why comes in. And before I even take a client on, we dive into the reasons why they want to start because um, it will it will pop up and it will cause a problem down the line if the reason why just isn't big enough. Um, so we set goals that are obviously realistic and we set we reassess the goals all the time. So every week we're reassessing weight goals. Every month we're reassessing the long-term goals and just really diving into the reason why. Because at the end of the day, if you sign up and you, oh, I just want to get back into my size 10 jeans, that reason why isn't strong enough. So when um, life gets tough and something pops up, that, that reason why isn't strong enough to keep you on track and keep you pushing for it. It has to be a really good reason. So again, going back to that lady that, uh, went from walking to competing her reason why was so strong she it, it broke her she was depressed at the thought of not being able to ride properly again so that reason why was strong enough that nothing was going to knock her off track so it's just about diving into the reasons why people really want to do it and constantly reassessing like people don't sign up for me it's always it's a 12-week program minimum People don't sign up to me and then we just have that one goal and we stick to it. We reassess it all the time to make sure it's still really important, still got a really good reason why and something that's going to see them through the tough days. Yeah, so true. It is so true, isn't it? Make your goal so big that the challenges to get there seem small. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, that's, that's the way I always say it. Make sure that the goal is such a big goal that you are so desperate to achieve it that the the next step, the next step, the hurdles you have to overcome to get to it seem so small in comparison to the fact that you're desperate to get there, that they are then not issues in themselves. But when we set a goal and we don't we don't set it high enough, guaranteed you won't pick it. But if you set a goal and then you you set it a bit higher, you'll hit the one you really wanted. Like that is just psychology, isn't it? That it doesn't matter yeah. whatever goal you set, you're never quite going to hit it. So set it a bit higher and then you will. That's um, it. And it's also seeing the, the challenges that you face getting there rather than seeing it as a challenge, you're going, oh, 
give up. It's just a challenge. See it as something to learn from. Like we all learn from challenges. Uh, there's challenges all through life, no matter what it is. And if you see it as a challenge, you're going to get stuck in a rut. But if you go, okay, this is pretty tough, but what can I learn from it? Um, how how am I going to grow as a person so that when it, when the next challenge comes along, it doesn't seem quite so bad because you've dealt with this one. Like if life was a bed of roses and you had no challenges, the smallest little thing would just throw you off the edge because you wouldn't know how to manage it. So it's about um, controlling these challenges and flipping that mindset so you see it as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to learn, rather than going, this is hard, give up. And that's so true. And actually, you know, I come across people that haven't built that resilience. They haven't built that ability to overcome things, see it as learning, because actually as a child, they found it easy or they went up through the levels fairly quickly or, you know, things were just just something that they were, I hate to use the word talented, um, but they felt they could just do. And then actually when they get a different horse or they have to try and balance work and life or um, you know, maybe their body isn't quite how it used to be or whatever, they then start to find these challenges. They haven't got that resilience. They haven't got that mental ability to overcome those things. And they do, they floor them. Um, and then and then it comes out in, in so many other areas. Absolutely. So my last question for you then, Natalie, is what is it that makes you really unique then? What is it that, that makes you, you? Um, is it in my business or as in... Me, as Natalie Alexander. <laughs> well, because your business is so much based upon you, isn't it? And and what your thoughts are and your your beliefs are. So it'll both. That's fine. But one will be very much linked to the other. Okay. Um, so uh, business side of things, I think what makes my business unique is we only work with riders. We're not trying to serve the office workers and people that come home at five o'clock and don't have anything to do. Like we only work with riders. So I'm a rider for myself. I've been riding kids, uh, kids, horses since I was a kid. So like I've got 26 years. Um, so I know the equestrian world inside out. I know the challenges you face, which means I'm prepared for them and I can help you get through them a bit easier. But also, as I said, it's not about quick fixes. This is about lifelong results. If you come to me and just want, well, I'll lose you a few pounds, um, we're not going to work together because that's not what I'm about. Um, I only work with people that have that vision, have that aim and drive to work, um, to make life-changing results, basically. So, yeah, but I only work with riders, I think, and I don't just do weight loss. It's the whole package, okay? If you come to me with a problem with riding, you'll soon realise that it's not just weight loss. It's not just training-related. You need the full package, and then you can walk away into the rest of life and know that you're kind of sorted. You know how to manage it. Uh, so it's about getting lifelong results, I think, is uh, is what makes me a bit unique. We're not just after quick fixes, get the next one in, lose a few pounds, get the next one in. Um, it is about creating lifelong results. We have a really big community of riders, and um, they just all support each other, which I think is fab. Awesome. And what makes you unique then? What is it, what, what is it that makes you Natalie Alexander? Uh, I think it's... Um, I don't really know. That's quite a tough question. No one's asked me that before. I think it's just um, my drive. I seem, I seem, uh, everyone always says, oh, you're really, really driven. But I think that comes down to my reason why and my passion. Uh, really, really positive person, sort of never down in the dumps. Uh, I don't really know. No one's ever asked me that question. That's quite a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. You can put that in your arsenal now of questions when you ask people, what makes you unique? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much, Nancy. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to really experience that drive and that passion that you've got and hear about, you know, what it is that makes NMA fitness so, so good for riders and, and something that everyone needs to, to really look into. How do they get a hold of you if they want to do that? Um, so the probably easiest way is to hop on to my Instagram or my Facebook. My Facebook, the best page is my personal one, Natalie Alexander, and the, the other page is still growing. Or on Instagram, nma.riderfitness. Um, it's probably the best way. Drop me a message and we can have a chat. Awesome. You know, no doubt you'll be inundated with these, especially when the people are now listening onto this as a podcast as well. So thank you so much, Natalie. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You know you're going to rock this.